Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Enjoy the Book of Life. Today, we're going to continue our new series for this year on leading a Bible study. And we're going to zoom in a little bit on this idea of teaching biblical content, or really, we could sum it up in the question, what is your curriculum? Uh, what is the thing that you're actually wanting uh, to teach? That those who are coming to the study, uh, and again, this could be a formal group that's coming and you're you're the leader of the Bible study. It could be a, just a group of people getting together. Uh, it could be you and a friend uh, just talking through your Bible study. So we, I want to keep it as broad uh, so it benefits as many people as possible. Um, but when you get together with your group, whether you're the leader or whether it's just you and a friend um, to discuss your studies, when you get together, what's the point? What, what are you hoping to learn uh, to or develop as a, a Bible study group? So uh, three that I would, or three aspects that I would uh highly recommend you consider is number one, just biblical knowledge. And, the, and this usually is uh, one that's considered. I want to learn um, Romans. We, we want to learn more about Romans. Let's let's study Romans. Uh, this is usually is what directs you to what content you're actually going to be learning is, is this idea of biblical knowledge. Now, one that I, I don't think is always thought about. Sometimes it's the focal point is the gospel. Um, when uh, you do maybe an evangelistic Bible study and you're inviting other people uh, with the express purpose to uh, do the gospel or, or, or to present the gospel, um, usually that's the focal point. We really want these people, um, you know, inviting other people in. We want them to know about the gospel. I would recommend that this is a, a major component, even if it's just you and a friend, uh, you've been saved for a long time, uh, you're just wanting to encourage each other, uh, incorporate this. Uh, wh where can we see the gospel in this portion of scripture? Or uh, how does this remind me of really the central point in history, the central point in the word of God, is the cross of Christ. And so um, seeing the gospel uh, through the scriptures, uh, seeing how it all points to, to the Lord Jesus and, and what he's done for us, I think this is a good component through your study. And so as you go through, and, and we're going to talk about picking topics for your study, but as you do that, as you look ahead um, what, what you're going to be studying the next week, uh, really think about that. There are times uh, where we'd be doing the study and and this had this portion and and mine was uh, the, the the one that we did here uh, was it, it it had an evangelistical um, mindset to it. and so this was something I I would uh, often think about where can I really bring up the gospel here and, and make sure it's clear? But every now and again, 
uh, I realized at the last moment or the spirit would remind me at the last moment, this was something that you never, you, you neglected in doing. And so as I closed in prayer, I tried to give a good, uh, clear gospel. Um, but I think this is important, um, something that uh, it, it, it really keeps us uh, connected to the, the central idea of, of the Word of God. So not just learning biblical content, biblical knowledge, I should say, um, but focusing in on the gospel. The third one um, are Bible study skills, and this was a big emphasis uh, of mine uh, in this in this Bible study, and really what started the whole idea of enjoy the book of life is is everyone should be a student of the word, everyone should be growing not just in Bible knowledge, but in their personal skill at at digging into the word, feeding themselves uh, with the word. Uh, not just being babes who drink milk, but we should be grown and 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 being able to discern uh, and eat meat. Uh, and so uh, this really helps those who come to the study. Um, and it, again, even reminding yourself that our faith rests solely on the Word of God, that um, I I look to it for uh, for the direction in my life, I look to it uh, as as my foundation, and so I, I think it's a good testimony uh, to others that it. I don't look to what this preacher said, or I don't look to you know this set of commentaries, right, as my primary principle of life. Um, and I think doing this, being that tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Um, that's the way we aren't tossed to and fro uh, with every wind of doctrine. But we always go back to the Word. We always study it for ourselves. We look and we're able to discern. And so developing this, uh, again, if you're the leader, developing this with your students, the people who are coming, uh, or and even if it's just you and a friend, developing this with yourself, not quickly going and and just seeing what someone else says, but learning, okay, what's what's a good skill here? Okay, we came up with this issue or this this passage that seems complex. Uh, uh, is there some clue? Is there some something uh, with the type of literature? And we're going to look at that in, the, in in a minute. Something to help us and and develop us as students of the word. And I think exercising those muscles and and getting used to that is a huge benefit. So those are the three things I would recommend when it comes to figuring out your curriculum, uh, whether, again, just if it's you and a friend or, or you with a larger group, uh, what Bible knowledge do you want to teach or learn? Uh, where is the gospel in it? And then finally, uh, what Bible study skills can you develop? Now, what I'd like to look at for the remainder of this episode is the idea of picking a subject. You and a group say, hey, we really should do a Bible study together. Let's all get together. Now what, right? What are we going to study? When we're thinking about this curriculum, what, what are we going to choose as a subject? And I've broken that into three groups. So we've got book studies, we've got doctrine studies, and then we've got topical studies. And, and what falls into each of those categories? Now, when we're looking at books, 
uh, I would divide this up into the different types of literature. Now, last year, I did a whole series on personal Bible study in those different types of literature and some uh, initial steps you can take. So if I'm studying, uh, let's say, a historical narrative, what are some certain things that help me in my personal study? Again, if you are going to, say, choose the book of Mark, we're going to do a Bible study through Mark, I would recommend go back and look at that historical narrative video for your own personal study. Now, if I'm leading a Bible study, I think there are some certain helpful hints in this area as well. Uh, book studies are what we typically did uh, here uh, in Mississippi while I was doing uh, the college Bible study. And so I'm going to have maybe some examples and as we talk through this. Um, First, let's talk about historical narrative. I think this is a great place to start. Uh, it has a storyline. This storyline is usually clear. Now, there are exceptions to that, but usually, you know, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And so the organization of thought follows a storyline, and we're used to that. It's easy to find, uh, you know, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And so we can trace that fairly well, and we're not spending a lot of our, our thought process focused on the organization of the passage, and so we can devote that elsewhere. So because of that, we're used to storylines. It's a nice, easy place to start. It doesn't mean all the texts are going to be easy, but it, it, it provides that sense of structure. So it's a good place, uh, I think, if this is your first time choosing a narrative. Um, then we have characters. Characters, they're, they're good uh, to, to learn about, uh, to see their interactions. I think this is a good focus. Uh, if you're just going to say, we're going to go through the book of Mark, we're going to see how Jesus interacts with different people. And we see uh, uh, a repetition, right? H him interacting with the Pharisees and scribes on multiple occasions. And, and we can start to see patterns um, with his interactions. Um, interactions with John the Baptist and how he responds to him at his baptism, at, uh, at John the Baptist's request about prison, his question, uh, how he responds to learning that John the Baptist is beheaded. And, and we can start to see those interactions, uh, the, the way Jesus interacts um, in very startling ways, right? Oh, that was unexpected. Uh, or to see him um, in almost contrasting ways, the way he interacts with people. So I think the interactions, they, they show us a lot about uh, the character of a person and uh, seeing how they interact uh, really uh, opens up that conversation, uh, that intrigue. Are there other stories where this sort of thing happens? And so it, it makes those sorts of connections. So if I'm doing a historical narrative, um, we've got the storyline uh, fairly set, and then we're going to be looking a lot at the people, at their interactions, their dialogue, the way they treat each other. Um, and so that that stimulates a lot of the conversations, the observations, the uh, connections, the things they say. Do they quote other scriptures? Uh, do we have other similar stories like this? So it, that really stimulates um, the study. 
Now, if we're doing a doctrinal book, um, something like Romans, Ephesians, Colossians, the epistles, things like that, um, you have to really look for the thought flow. Um, okay, they said this, and then they have a therefore. Okay, that means we need to go back. I've just been reading through the book of Romans, and very often people take uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, very well-known set of verses, but it starts with a therefore, right? So we have to go back to chapter 11, and we see that it ends with this beautiful praise about the wisdom of God and how, you know, no one's been his counselor. No one else would have thought about this. And it's like, well, if if we come to this conclusion that God in, in his great wisdom has set about this great plan, well, doesn't it sound like a good idea for him to plan out your life, right? That you could, by putting yourself on the altar, you could uh, show to people this marvelous plan by by just obeying him, uh, uh, his, his uh, good and acceptable and perfect will would be on display in your life. And so when I see those little therefores, it, it, it pulls me back. I'm looking for connections. Wait, why did he say this? Why this question? I should have come to this conclusion from the previous verses. So let me go to those previous verses and, and see why these sub-conclusions are made. So this is a little bit more difficult, um, more difficult when it comes to, it, it takes more of your attention to do that. Um, so uh, another thing, when I'm leading a study, this thought flow is going to run from study to study to study. You're not going to do the whole book of Romans uh, all in one go. Uh, and so when I'm starting Romans 12, verse 1, okay, let's go back. Let's think about what did we talk about last week? And so as if you're leading the study, uh, it, it's good for you to prompt and, and say, oh, remember last week? Remember this? Okay, let, let's bring it back to this week and, and find those connections. And so even sometimes multiple weeks ago, uh, this is a one big section. Remember, we were talking about this, and then it went to this, and then it went to this, and now we're here. And so making those connections can be very helpful uh, for those who are in the study. Um. Now, attention to detail can be very helpful, especially in terms of words and ideas. So we have to be very careful with, with words. It, it provides an opportunity when you're going through these doctrinal books. Uh, it provides an opportunity uh, to really zoom in on those words. You don't want to get lost. Again, you want to keep that big thought flow in mind, but then you want to zoom in on, on these words because they can really pack a punch. So, for example, the word adoption. If I look at the word adoption, we tend to think of this idea of, uh, you're not my biological child, but I take you in as if you were. And, and that is one way to use the word adoption. That's not how it's used in Scripture in the, in the doctrinal sense, uh, because I am a child of God, right? I, I, it's not that I'm someone else's child. I am his child. And so it doesn't mean that. So then the question is, well, what does it mean? And, and there are lots of good resources where you can go and you can find, especially when we're talking about language. Um, so to find 
those resources. Uh, we've talked about them on the channel, the Vines uh, Dictionary, um, Strong's Concordance. These are some good resources that can uh, really let you get into it and some, some digital resources as well that we've talked about and teaching again your students, hey, this is this is an interesting work. How do we find out more about it and, and showing them those resources? Again, you don't want to get derailed and spend the whole study on this. Sometimes it takes, okay, let's write this down. Maybe we'll next week we'll just zoom in on this one word and, and we'll figure that out if it becomes a, a, a very important issue or something high of interest. So that, that can be very helpful as well to have... Um, those sorts of tools available to zoom in on those details. So the doctrinal, I see a balancing act. You've got this big idea of thought flow, but then an ability to zoom in on those details, even those words, making sure you're accurate with those words um, and know exactly what they mean. Now, um, this tends towards a lot of questions. Uh, with the doctrinal. What does he mean here? Why this word? How does this connect? Lots of questions. So I I find that as the big um, conversation generator in terms of the doctrinal books is questions. Really allow for questions. Uh, zoom in on them. Again, don't, don't get too sidetracked. That's kind of the danger with questions that instead of studying uh, Ephesians, you're studying, you know, uh, some question about about that, you know. Uh, so, so figuring that out, um, but I think it generates a lot of conversation. And if you've looked ahead and you've you've seen potential issues along the way, you can then have those resources available. Say, great, here, you're interested, you're passionate about this question. Here's this resource. Find the Greek word. Tell us what it means. And again, um, that should should lend itself to your understanding of the text and seeing the thought flow there. Then we've got poetry. So poetry, uh, again, you need to see the structure of that. Um, and again, that's not uh, always easily understood with our concept of poetry. I don't feel like too many people nowadays are too familiar with modern poetry, uh, let alone uh, Hebrew poetry. So it it's really your, uh, if, if you're leading the study, you need to have that information, even just a simple explanation that they don't always rhyme words, but it's the more the idea of rhyming ideas and showing them what a parallelism is and, and showing them a few examples of parallelisms. Um, I was just having a conversation with a friend. He was talking about doing, uh, leading a study in, in Genesis. And Genesis 1 is very poetic uh, that shows this repetition over and over and over. And so uh, when you're looking at the repetition, uh, it's highlighting an idea. And very often, uh, some or, or maybe it's just me, I sometimes miss the repetition because it's repetition. It's like, okay, then it says this again. And I focus in on all the differences. Uh, you know, we, we learn about, you know, what was created on the first, second, third, fourth day, right? Um, but we, we the emphasis and it was good, right? And, and letting that become a, a, an emphasis in your study as well. Why Why such an emphasis on this? I remember when I was first studying uh, Psalm 107, 
uh, it has a refrain. Oh, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, right? Uh, and so it has this refrain. And I was realized, I, I, I just kept skipping over it over and over again to study all the differences. But the big focus of it is to give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to men. Um, so uh, seeing that repetition, allowing what is focused in it to be the focus as well. And then everything else, uh, they reinforce that, um, oh, what's being talked about. Uh, then we've got the emotion of poetry. Now, this is important. When we study poetry, we shouldn't study it like we're studying the doctrine books, right? That's like dissecting the butterfly. You might understand it, but it doesn't fly anymore. And so making sure we understand the emotion of the poetry uh, sometimes the psalm or the the proverb, you know, whatever it is, it, it's tied to a specific person, and we know who the author is. And if that's the case, sometimes that's what holds the 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 context of the emotion in it. Sometimes around a specific event. If you look at Psalm three, it has to do when Absalom overthrows David from the throne, uh, and so it has a specific event, and so saying, okay, what is the story here? What's the narrative? How how does that change the way I, I read and understand the poem? Sometimes uh, we see it quoted elsewhere in the Bible, sometimes in the New Testament. And that, again, lifts that poem to a higher spiritual level. And so it, it allows us to then go back and read the psalm differently. Uh, when we see Psalm 22 in light of the cross, it gives it a weightier um, spiritual meaning, and, and should. And so we should be aware of that. Where is this quoted elsewhere in, in Scripture, um, and, and how does that impact the way we see it? So with poetry, uh, the focus that we see a lot of is application, right? Oh, yeah, I felt just like that. Yes, I can, uh, I, I can see that, right? And we can... We can apply, like the, the Proverbs and the Psalms, uh, we see a lot of that application. Now, again, it comes with a little danger, right? Don't jump too quickly into the application phase. Uh, that comes at the end. Uh, once you've taken the time to do your observations, uh, to uh, make your uh, interpretation, to understand what is being talked about, but... Uh, it's good to apply these things. And, and again, this is kind of what I see in the poetry sections. What generates that conversation is the application, but making sure that, that you, you put a little pause on it, uh, work your way through the poem or, or the poetry, um, whether that be the wisdom books or, or the Psalms or Job or wh wherever you are, but to work yourself to that point of understanding and then to apply it and allow the, the conversation to flourish from there. Then the last one I'm going to talk about here is the prophetic books. Now, uh, the difficulty with prophecy a lot of the time comes in terms of timeline. Now, this varies. So like the book of Jonah is highly narrative. And so you've got a big chunk of that. It's easier to follow, and that's why it tends to be a more popular book. Whereas if you get to Zechariah, it's it's a series of visions, 
and uh, seems a, a lot more complex. Like, wait, is he talking about them back then, or is this a prophecy of the Lord Jesus, or is it a prophecy of the end times and what's going on and what connects with what? And so the timelines very often become the difficulty of 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 uh, when when it's talking about. Um, now, one thing that I really like to emphasize when going through a prophetic book is the character of God. Uh, he's revealed in um, very dynamically. We see uh, his his mercy in the extreme. We see his wrath in the extreme. We see his grace, his forgiveness, his love, uh, his justice. All these in in extremes, and very often you see people in in total awe of of the character of God, uh, falling prostrate, having hard questions. We've got all sorts of things, uh, you know, Isaiah falling uh, um, or Daniel falling flat on his face and, and Isaiah saying, woe is me and uh, Habakkuk asking these intense questions uh, to the Lord. So we have all these um, real dramatic um, examples through the prophets. And so I think it's a good task when studying the prophets to find uh, that balance. Now, not a balance where we limit, um, but a balance of the extremes, because God is all justice, right? He's never unjust in any circumstance, but he's merciful. And so just like if, if you could imagine a seesaw, right? And it when when you have it on both extremes, it's perfectly balanced. And so to understand and, and to work through that, I think can be a challenge, but I think it's it's a very good exercise. And it's something that we need to exercise in our own Christian life as well, uh, not to uh, focus completely in one area, but to see God in the way he's revealed. And that's what we see in in prophecy, like in in the book of the Revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, and so we we get to see him uh, in these uh, very dynamic ways, uh, as the Lamb freshly slain, as uh, the the warrior with the his the giant sword coming out of his mouth, going to slay his enemies, and we say, wow, you know. Uh, how extremely different is that? Well, it's not different. It, it's the same Lord. And so we need to uh, see those balances and, and to see um, in great awe and admiration uh, who God is. So I think that is a good focus uh, for us to have through the prophecies to see what does this teach me about God? Um, if uh, one question I like to ask is, if this was the only passage of Scripture I had, what would I know about God from it? And so asking that question, really generating that conversation, again, being reverent, uh, it's important, uh, just kind of as a side note, in the climate of the Bible study, then people should know that um, that we are very reverent towards the Word of God, towards the Son of God, toward God himself. And so... Um, making sure that we're very careful with our words and, and the, the way we say things. Um, and then uh, finally, with prophecy, making those historical connections. 
So uh, when you're studying the book of Haggai, maybe making those connections with Nehemiah, with Ezra, uh, other things that were going on at the time. Where does this fall in the timeline of things? Uh, if you're talking about Jeremiah, right? You you should know what the Babylonian captivity is, what's coming. Daniel, right? The, the stories of Daniel and the visions of Daniel and how it all uh, kind of ties together uh, with history, uh, I think can be very helpful. So that's this idea of a book study. If I'm doing a book study, I'm saying, oh, let's do a couple Psalms. You know, uh, think think about them as poetry books. Uh, don't just do the same sort of thing that you do. Because again, yes, I want them to have this biblical knowledge uh, that that they're going through, but I also want them, uh, you know, those who are coming to the study to be developed as Bible students as well. Uh, and then again, in each study, uh, finding the gospel and Christ in in whatever you it is you're studying. So what if I don't pick a book study? What if instead I go and I want to do a doctrine? So these are areas I, I've done some studies in, in with the doctrine, with the topical, um, not as much uh, experience actually leading these sorts of studies. So I'm going to talk a little bit uh, from what I've seen. Uh, I've done a little bit in these areas, but so doctrine studies, I think, are most helpful uh, when you're trying to see the this whole body of truth, right? So um, if if I'm saying, okay, I really want to understand um, more about the Holy Spirit, and 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 I, I don't want to just look at a single passage, single verse, you know, or just a handful of verses here and there. I want to see what does Scripture say about it now. Very often, this comes um, from uh, maybe a misunderstanding or a question uh, from someone in in the study. They say, we, we want to understand this. We don't feel like we really understand this. Uh, sometimes uh, you'll get those sorts of things. And I think these fall into two categories. You can have uh, overview. So if, if you need to come in and fill in the gaps, so to speak, um, in understanding, uh, I, I wouldn't call a survey or these overviews rather uh, uh, exhaustive. You just want to do a big picture. You don't want to spend weeks and weeks and weeks on this uh, overview. Just here, here it is, one lesson. Uh, I would say this is probably one of the best times to do direct instruction where I'm up, I have a prepared handout. It's the big picture. Uh, I'm, I'm giving uh, more of a talk. This is where one of the few times where I would say I would do most of the talking or whoever's leading it would do most of the talking. Uh, if it's not direct instruction, it's going to be heavy guidance. So I'm going to have certain passages picked out. I'm going to have uh, more direct questions, closed-ended questions, because we're not going into it to study a certain passage. We're in, we're in for a very specific idea. We want to understand more about this topic, right? So if I'm not doing an overview, I'm doing what, what's usually called a survey, uh, where I'm going to examine the same topic uh, through many different lenses, okay? So uh, if, for example, uh, this we're doing the same topic with, with the Holy Spirit, this would be a much more exhaustive list. Uh, how where do we see the old uh, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? 
uh, in, mentioned in the Psalms and in the Proverbs and in Old Testament stories. Well, what about in the doctrine books? What about in the time of the Lord Jesus in the Gospels? Uh, so this is a much more exhaustive. Again, I would recommend heavy guidance. Here are a lot of passages. If if you just say, all right, go look for it. Um, it it's it's a lot. Um, a lot of verses, a lot of scriptures to go through, a lot of contexts to figure out. And so if you can give guidance here, the 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 big passages uh, for us to look at, here are some activities that will guide you through the this understanding. Compare and contrast these two stories, right? That can give a lot of insight here. Here's an activity, here's an activity. So it's not necessarily stuck in, in a single passage, but you're looking at uh, this wide variety um, that that you've found beforehand. And then this allows them to, to go through these passages, through these activities, um, balancing scriptures, uh, maybe trying to define things carefully so that they fit uh, properly uh, with each situation, making sure uh, we were careful with this. Uh, because again, when I'm studying just a book of the Bible, um, the context is what I'm trying to find, right? The, the thought flow, uh, the storyline, I'm trying to understand the structure of it, I'm trying to understand the word. When I'm pulling out and saying, okay, I want to understand something in a broader biblical context, well, sometimes I pull myself out of the more immediate context, and we have to be very careful. Um, this might be a good one uh, to talk with your local elders about um, to, uh, if you have real hard questions that arise, uh, I would always pull the plug when contention arises. I'd say, all right, let's let's put a pause on this. Maybe we could do some more uh, study on this at another time. But I think when we get together to study the Bible, it should be encouraging. Again, it's not that we avoid hard questions. I love a good hard question. I love digging into it. But when it gets to the point where there's contention, I think that's when we all need to take a little bit of a break. So uh, I, I think some being careful with that, I think, again, heavy guidance um, through, I, again, I love activities, love those sorts of questions, but I don't think it's something where um, you could just say, go for it, right? Here are the tools, go for it um, as much. And so it's something that uh, is a little bit more difficult, a little bit more time consuming to do on the front end as a Bible study leader. I think it's a good skill. I think uh, you you do need to know it. You, you do need to uh, get to know it. I think uh, I would only do it if I saw a high interest in that area, or uh, like I said, there are a lot of gaps in someone's understanding, and you're saying, okay, let's go through this as a group and try to fill in those gaps as we go. The last big category, we had book studies, we had doctrinal studies, and then finally we have topical study. Now, this could be any sort of characters, words, and events. Um, that you want to study. And I think a lot of these um, come from questions. Oh, what about this, this this event? This seems you know interesting or a lot of interest-based. Now, this is kind of the opposite of the doctrinal where I'd see is a much heavier, systematic, something that you, we have to be a lot more careful with. Um, and not, not that we shouldn't be careful in, in all our Bible study, but I think topical can be a lot more lighthearted of a study where uh, in the summers, 
uh, we, we would do our major study through the school year because it was a college study. But some some of the students would be there in the summer. So it was a smaller group. And so one of the things I like to do was I like to do more topical uh, studies. And one of the ones that we actually did was individualized studies. Uh, so this, this was a little bit of an experiment, uh, but I, I really enjoyed it where I picked a list of Bible characters. And uh, again, this was that, that this is the preparation beforehand. Uh, and they all picked one that they were interested in. And so based on that, they had to do a study on that character. So they had to read about them. What was their story? What happened to them? What, where are they referenced throughout scripture? They had to make connections. They had to see how were they used? Are they a type of the Lord Jesus? Are they a type of something else, right? Uh, how, how are they used? Are they used positively, negatively? What lessons can we learn? Did they write any other scripture? Uh, and so those sorts of things, it was a very uh, interesting study. You could do that with small groups, right? This little small group, they're looking at uh, the character of Melchizedek, right? And so they're in a group and you could differentiate your groups, right? Some, some characters have lots and lots written about them other characters, very little. And so you could actually, and, and even if the very little is written about them, sometimes they're still a complex character. But you can, you can split them up into small groups and they can work on these different characters. And then at the end, they could all present and present kind of a little uh, uh, summary of their study of those characters. It could be a word. This would be a great way to do different words. Um, here's some you know, you know, you're going to go through this book and there's some real big, important words that are going to be hit through it. And you're saying before we go into this book, it would be really good for us to understand these words instead of just me telling you what they mean. We're, we've split into four or five groups. Those are each of you has a word. You have to go in, you have to study where else is it used in scripture? How is it used? What's the definition? All those sorts of things. And, and to really examine those. And then again, they could present out uh, so that everyone can reap the benefit of that study. You can do it with an event. Um, so for example, if you're looking at an event in the Gospels, you can look at it in, uh, is this used in the other Gospels? How is it different? How is it the same? What's emphasized in, in these different Gospels? And so looking at those events, I think, or uh, characters or words, uh, sometimes it's a question. Someone has a real um, or a really important question, something that they're really passionate about. We can spend us time just studying. What What do you do when you have a question? I mean, that's a good skill. Sometimes I have questions in my life and I like, what do I do? Well, I should go to the word of God with those questions. I should go to him in prayer and in studying his word uh, and seek an answer. Now, yes, I can go to and ask, people wise counsel and the multitude of counselors there's wisdom i think that's good um but i i think we should as believers have that skill of saying what does god say about this in his word and so how do we do that and teaching those skills to others so that when they have a question you go you do some research you maybe find some good passages you might have to hold their hand a little bit and direct them to those passages, show them how did you find those passages so that next time they can do that. And you say, okay, here's our question. 
go. And you, you build them up to that, where if they have questions, they can go and look in the scripture to find what God says about them. One of the things I like about this, this idea of topical um, studies, it's highly uh, it's, it's able to be highly differentiated. So again, everyone can do a different character, have a different question, different events. Uh, again, you can share with others. You can put them in smaller groups where they can do this sort of study. Uh, it can be really enjoyable that way. Um, this way, when they have those questions and they're seeking for the answers in the word, they're in a helpful and guided environment where I'm walking around and, and I'm saying, hey, how's it coming? Oh, did you look at this passage? Oh, that's really good. I like that. And, and, and I'm encouraging them, I'm helping them, and I'm guiding them in it. So the first time they don't go searching in their Bibles to answer their questions where uh, they don't have that sort of encouragement, that sort of support system. So this all goes back to this idea of your curriculum. What are you teaching? What are you hoping that the people at your study, including yourself, if it's you know you and a friend, what are you hoping that you walk away with? Hopefully it's biblical knowledge that you're growing in your understanding of the word of God. Uh, hopefully it's a better understanding of the Lord Jesus and the gospel that, uh, that uh, we've been given. And then finally, uh, this idea of Bible study skills. So if you're the leader of the Bible study, uh, you should have these sorts of things in mind. How do I emphasize these things? And how do I emphasize them differently if we're doing a topical study, a doctrinal study, or a book study? And again, based on that, looking at, am I doing poetry or am I doing prophecy? Am I doing uh, an overview of doctrine or a survey where I'm looking uh, a little bit more closely at the details? Uh, how How is that going to impact the way the Bible study functions? Sometimes we get so used to the format that we, we don't adjust it, and that kind of becomes uh, the, the grounding principle of our study. Instead, we should say, okay, this is the, the curriculum. This is the content that, that I hope that they come away with, even if that's how to study uh, out a question that they have in Scripture. That's really what I want to develop. Now, what's the format that best suits that and kind of going at it from a different way? So I hope this is helpful, some, some little tips and tricks uh, when it comes to thinking about what is my Bible curriculum? What, what do I actually want to be teaching uh, in this Bible study?